Welcome to the Facts versus Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sonu Varghese. Cutting through the noise in 30 minutes each week, taking out the boring and helping investors focus on what really matters. A quick note before we start the show, investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Carson Partners, a division of CWM LLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. Facts versus feelings, episode 19. We are back in, uh, I guess, our offices. Last week, we were on location looking for Warren Buffett. We'll talk about it in a second. But this one is called So Goes January. So, Sonu, how fun was that, searching for Warren Buffett? We didn't find him, guys, if you listen to the last one. But that was a good time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like you said, the disappointment was that we didn't find him. But, hey, we had a good time. Yeah. We had, a, we had a good breakfast, too. You know, that was, yes. I haven't had McDonald's breakfast in a long time. I see why Warren yes. Buffett does that. You know, if I were the richest man in the world, I'd probably eat like that every day also. So <laughs> can't, can't blame him. Um, well, so do, we've got a lot to discuss. Again, we're calling this one So Goes January. We'll get to it. But there are some compelling data that when January is strong for stocks, like we are seeing, we are recording this on the last day of the month, but we're, gonna, we're likely going to finish up with a really strong um, first month. What could that mean? We're also going to take a look at what changed. That's our first question. What what in the world is different? Because this last year was rough across the board. Now stocks and bonds are doing just fine. So we're going to dive into that first. Second conversation, we're going to take a look at kind of the economy. So you've done some great work on GDP, CapEx. We're going to take a look at maybe how earnings season has been so far, kind of massage all that. And then the final discussion, again, so goes January, goes the year. So so do first things first. What did change? We're like up 6% for the year on the um, S&P. I think it's close to 9% for the NASDAQ, a couple percent for the Dow, but Dow did great last year. Stocks are up across the board. Bonds are up across the board. Is it as simple as the calendar change and all of a sudden everything went up? What, what in the world's different the last four weeks? I mean, there is that too, right? The calendar and the seasonality, which you've written a lot about. This is a positive period, right? Mm-hmm. But I think two words, inflation's falling. There you go. That's it. I, I think that's what's, I, I mean, we've talked about that for, it's like, you know, what's changed in our mind, you and I, you know, we've kind of expected this, right? We don't think inflation's going to go up, but it seems like I think everyone else is recognizing that. Yeah, just this morning, you've had a chance to dive in. The ECI, which I believe is called the Employment Cost Index, came in lower than expected. That's what people are, you know, employment, how much it costs to get somebody. Um, the, the Fed and the government, they want to see that number down. We've seen inflation across the board. We talked last week, I think, about the PCE. If we didn't, PCE came in low. We've seen low inflation across the board. Talk to me about that ECI and why that one matters to the Fed. Because honestly, it's real quick, but futures did pop this morning on that lower than expected ECI report. And this is, we're doing this for Jan 31st, right? It's really the yep. last day of the month. It's been a really right. super strong month. And so hopefully we end the month, you know, in a good way. So fingers yep. crossed for that. And look, the ECI is, it, it's kind of like an economist's favorite indicator. And I include the Fed in this as well. Why? Because it tells you about how wages are growing or falling across the economy, right? Now we have other measures of wage growth, right? You get the non-farm payroll report month after month, and you see the single average hourly earnings. But that's just an average across every industry, every job there is, right? Uh, you know, within the surveys and things like that. And now, full disclosure, so I'm just going to jump in. That came in better than expected last month. That's why we had a yeah, big rally. Yeah. It was Goldilocks we talked about, but that was lower exactly. along with this one. So we're seeing employment come down. Or employment right, and come almost down. every measure, right? But the thing is, everyone likes the ECI because, you know, if you look, think about average hourly earnings, what happened during covid Interestingly, average early earnings went up. Why? Because a lot of low-employed, low-salaried people lost their jobs. So the average went up, 
right? So that's why, you know, people, economists like to look at the ECI, Employment Cost Index, because it controls for that. Right. So it's like a much more stable measure of uh, wage growth. But the problem is it comes out only quarterly. Right. So every time it comes out, it's a big deal, especially recently. Never used to be that big a deal because wages are growing about two, three percent or so. But now it's it's diesel rating. That's let me jump in. Let me jump in. I think the reason I think it's a big deal because I've done this for over 20 years. And to be honest, I never really heard about this that often. But Jerome Powell actually specifically mentioned this. I forget, several quarters ago, right? Now it's on all of our radars. And hey, it's a Fed decision tomorrow from the time we're recording this. So we know Jerome's watching that, right? No, absolutely. You think about, uh, like, you know, the Fed raised rates, what, Brian, uh, 75 basis points four times last year, yeah, right? right? Which means, what? even in their minds, they were behind the curve, right? They were playing catch mm-hmm. up, right? So it's, it's almost an acknowledgement that, oh, we didn't raise rates fast enough. Now, why didn't they do that in 2021? Because- wage growth was not high enough, right? right? Inflation is still high, if you remember. Yeah, inflation is like 5 6%. But they were like, you know what? Wage growth is still sort of tame. We don't have to worry about that. And then suddenly in November of uh, 2021, the ECI came out, and that's when Powell switched. It's like a, literally a light switch. You're like, oh, my God, we have worried about inflation now, right? That's when yields started going up. And then they just started, you know, like really panicking by the time we got to June of last year. So I I think the ECI is, you know, good news with ECI. This gets to how the Fed thinks about this stuff as well, right? For them, in their mind, it's their model, right? For inflation to come down, it's not like you and I looking at, we look at the micro data, we're looking at rents, we're looking at gas prices, Mm -hmm. food, all of that, right? For them, it's like, oh, wait, it's connected to wages, which I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's the model they have. It is what it is, right? We got to follow what the Fed follows, right? If wage growth is high, that means, you know, people go and spend more of their wages on stuff, and that's going to put pressure on prices and inflation go up, right? That's their model. The thing is, they believe for inflation to come down in a persistent way, for it to stay lower, right? Not just come down temporarily. For it to stay low, wage growth has to be lower, right? For that, what has to happen? The employment market has to soften. Basically, it means the unemployment rate has to go up. What's amazing right now is today's ECI number came down, Right. right. It's decelerating and we're at 50 year lows in unemployment. Right. This goes completely against their model. Right. But but again, like I said, if you look at the underlying data, look at rents, look at gas prices, food prices, used cars, all that stuff is coming down. And we've been talking about those for several months. And that was one of our big yes. drivers of why we thought stocks we talked about in our outlook uh, two weeks ago, why we thought stocks would have a really strong year this year because inflation's coming back quicker than most people expected and most people think. Now, Sona, you did something. I would get too geeky with this. Uh, you do a daily note for our, our partners and advisors here at Carson Group. And you pointed out that once a year, the government changes the components to CPI. And apparently, used cars, which have been coming down big time. We've been talking about it on this podcast, I feel like, every single time for several months. <laughs> used cars are counting less now. I, I don't even know what to make of this. I mean, I, maybe we don't know the official how they're going to change it, but... I don't know. Talk to me about what in the world that means. What in the world does that mean when you change the inputs to CPI? 
So this is one reason the Fed actually prefers the PCE index, the Personal Consumption Expenditures me, Index. Me because- too. <laughs> me too. After hearing this, yeah. yeah. So the CPI basket, there's a basket of goods, right? That they track over time, and that's how they figure out oh, prices going up or down, right? Now they used to change the composition of the basket, like gas prices are like four percent, used cars are like four, three and a half, four percent, new cars are somewhere around there as well, right? So they used to update these weights. Once in two years. But last year, they switched to, like they said, oh, we're going to an annual update right now. So a yeah. little better. Now, <laughs> they have their own ways of doing this, you know, coming up with the weights. We don't know yet what the weights will be, but there's fair idea that, you know, the weight for rents are going to go up. And guess what? Rents are going up right now. We know it's going to come down, but it's just the way the government measures rental data for now in the official rental Inflation data, it's still going up, right? But the weight for rents in the basket is going to go up. The weight for used car prices, which are coming down, that's going to go down. So what's going to happen mechanically, not because of anything's happening in the economy, mechanically, just because of a measurement issue, the way they measure things, inflation's probably going to go up a little bit in Q1. So I have a I have a feeling everyone's going to look at it and like, oh my God, inflation's going to go up, go up right? right? But this is solely a measurement thing. It's no reflection at all as to what's happening in the economy. Right. So you heard it here first. Facts versus feelings is right in Sonu. There's a change to CPI. So when that comes out in a couple of weeks, maybe we shouldn't panic too much about the high yes. inflation. Uh, Sonu, you know, so I'll, I'll chime in because we, we need to move forward. You know, what is different? What changed to start this year? Guys, this might be a little surprising. I don't think too much changed. Here's why. We think stocks bottomed in October. Remember, we made 2,000 stocks, made new 52-week lows in June, retested those lows on the S&P 500, broke it by a tad on October 12th, October 13th. And then we've been very strong since then. We've seen really strong participation. More than 70% of the stocks in the S&P 500 as of yesterday were above their 200-day moving average. That's another bullish thrust. We talked about all the strong breath before on this podcast. We continue to see that. So, yes, January's been a great month. But we've been seeing some strength, really, since the October lows, um, and that's something I don't think most people are quite aware of. Um, Also, one final comment, small caps. We like small caps. We talked about it. Small caps did not break their lows in October relative to June. Small cap leadership is really nothing new. It's something we've expected. It's the way we position our models for our partners and our advisors. And it's just um, you know, another sign of why we don't think there's going to be a recession, which we'll talk about next. And by the way, before we get there, I am bitter, yes. I am scorned, yes. But you mentioned about changing the rules. It's kind of like giving the Chiefs five downs, you know, when the, when the NFL gave the Chiefs five downs. I don't want to bring that up. We don't, we don't need to talk about it. I am just livid when you go on Twitter and you see all the holds I, and all this stuff. I know there's missed calls. I get it. Man, it felt lopsided. But my Bengals had a good I, year. And here's a cool stat. 14 teams made the NFL playoffs. The Bengals are the youngest one. And they've got, like, all their players wow. back. I don't know if it's good or bad. They lost to the Chiefs. But they got a lot of guys back. Don't need to make this all about sports. I'm still very upset. But good luck to the Chiefs. Good luck to the Eagles. And um, get them next year. So, anyway. All right. So, a lot, the, the lot middle of parallels and sports and life, right? So, I, I mean, yeah. sports is a big part of life. So, no, I saw the uh, game, too. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, quote, unquote, neutral here. But I thought yeah. there were a lot of missed calls. So, I'd be complaining. (laughs) They just happen in big spots. But anyway, whatever. I have a question for you about markets. I have a question for you about Mm -hmm. markets. So you said like markets are, you know, I I love this chart. This isn't the outlook, right? It's a chart Mm -hmm. you've prepared, you've shown, you've shared it widely. Markets are up most of the time, 74% of the time, right? And 
you know, and, and now we just finished this January. I, I love how we call it the trifecta almost, right? Like you had the Santa Claus rally and then you had the, you know, first week of first week, first 10 days of January. Is that right? And then the yeah. month of January itself, right? Huge. And then right. after that, what markets are up for 80, 90% of the time, the following, you know, the rest of the year, something like that. Yeah. You're stealing my thunder because we were going to talk about that. In, at sorry. The end. Um, yeah, but yes, I mean, the bottom no. line is the, the, the markets can lead the economy. Economy can lead the markets. I still think the strength we're seeing is the stock market leading the economy. Some of the economic data has been better. We're going to talk about the economy literally next with GDP and CapEx. But I, I think, you know, we, we've said it on this podcast. We can avoid a recession. And the one thing, here's a segue. Maybe let's do the segue. And then we will talk about so goes January goes the year at the end. Um, let me make sure I read it correctly. American Express CEO on Yahoo says, we're seeing no recession. MasterCard CEO said, consumer spending has been remarkably resilient. Earnings season hasn't been spectacular. Let's be honest. It's kind of been blah, to be honest. But we've heard that from the credit card companies and other companies, honestly, some transportation companies, airlines, things like that. They don't see a recession. Maybe some parts of tech do with the layoffs and Microsoft's earnings weren't all that great. We're not going to talk too much about specific companies. But overall, the consumer is still really strong. So talk to me about what you saw in GDP as it pertains to the consumer, Sonu. Want to know more about the impact the 2024 election may have on the markets and the economy? We'll be covering everything advisors and their clients need to know in the lead-up to Election Day, including what to expect from the markets, news out of Washington, and what historically happens after elections. You can find all of our 2024 election content at carsongroup.com slash election. Yeah, look, uh, the other thing I'd add there is that... uh... You know, we hear about all tech layoffs, right? Yep. Boeing adding 10,000 jobs this year. Yes. Like tw- for 2023. Didn't, didn't hear too much about that, did we? We didn't hear no. too much about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Chipotle yeah. adding 15,000 jobs, right? I mean, it's a small restaurant. Yes, these are not the same as tech jobs, but it sort of, you know, captures something in the economy. If Chipotle is hiring 15,000 uh, workers, you can be sure other maybe, uh, you know, smaller restaurants, things like that are also hiring. And I'll, that gets I'll, to just, consumption. I'll, I'll chime in. Sorry, I'll just chime in. So I've never liked Chipotle that much, I'll be honest. But my kids love it. And there's our local one. Every time we go that's out the door, they do need to hire probably one more person. One more person, you can get those people out the door. And I've, it's grown on me because it's one of the spots my three kids all like. So, yes, Chipotle is growing on me. I like the barbacoa. But they do need maybe one more person in that line to get that thing moving. Go. So, go hire and Chipotle. Good. Um, uh, anyway, ho- hopefully, there are a few coming to the Cincinnati, you know, yeah, Chipotle. They need, they, they need one. But, they need one. Yeah, yes. okay. <laughs> but ahead. it gets us services consumption, right? Like, that is restaurant sales are doing well. Hotel sales are doing well. Airplanes are full. And mm-hmm. look. If you t- think about GDP, right, or the economy, right? The GDP measures what's happening in the economy. You can argue whether it measures it well or not, but it is what yep. it is, right? That's what everyone looks at. 70% of the economy of GDP is consumption. Out of that, about 45% or so is services consumption. All this stuff we just look at, right. talking about restaurants, sales, all of that thing, all, all of those things. Then goods consumption, right? So what happened in Q4 in the fourth quarter is like services consumption eased a little bit. And again, anything, anytime the stuff comes up, every, all the pessimists, you you know them. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, things are going to fall off the cliff, right? But hey, services consumption grew about about 28 2.9% in the fourth quarter. That's still higher than what we were doing pre-pandemic. It's slower than the previous quarter, but you know, you can't expect services consumption to keep going up at like three and a half, four percent right? It had to come down. Right. 
And then goods consumption actually picked up because auto sales came back. I think, you know, one big thing I'm looking at this year, I expected this last year. It didn't quite play out because it's auto companies still going through chip shortages, all that. Look, Ryan, auto sales are running at 13 million right now. This is seasonally adjusted annualized rate. This is per month, right? Before the pandemic, it was at 17 million. Think about that delta, that difference, right? That's 4 million. That'll come back. There's a lot of pent up demand for auto sales. I think that would be a boost in the first half of the year, right? That's consumption. I, I think there's a big tailwind with, tailwind with incomes, right? We just talked about wage growth. It's slowing, right. but it's still fairly strong. And inflation's low. So what does that mean? That means real you incomes know, adjusted for prices are going up. It's positive so no, I'm jump in. I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you, just call Kirtania just before we start recording this. Pointed out net, net gas down 42% this month. This month. I, I knew it was down a lot. I didn't realize that. I mean, remember, let's call it 10 months ago when the war started, Nat gas soared. What did every, I'm talking everybody, including me. I'm talking everybody said, oh my God, Nat gas is going through the roof. Europe's going to go in this major depression. Mother Nature said, you know what? I'm going to actually give you some good, here's some of the random stuff that can happen, guys. Mother Nature said, no, it's going to be historically warm this winter in Europe and parts of the US. And Nat gas plummeted. So again, you know, sometimes you have bad luck. Sometimes you have good luck. Sometimes you have no luck. I'll tell you, Mother Nature, ways has really helped us with that gas going like it did. Oh, and, and think of the, what that does for utility bills in, well, in, exactly in the U.S. Right. That's what like, I mean. mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Think of a utility bills. Well, wage growth is running about three and a half, four percent, you know, which is it's diesel rating. But if inflation is running only at two percent, that's mm-hmm. huge. And over the last three months of last year, inflation's been running at two percent. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that's a big tailwind for consumption, like rising well, real incomes, right? Now, so exactly. I, now, so no, I do want to ask you one question. So GDP came in at two point nine percent in the fourth quarter versus two point six, better than expected. Second half had a good recovery. We had negative GDP first and second quarter. We know those things. Um, I did read that this GDP in the fourth quarter was up only because of a big change in inventories, and that was uh, how do I want to put this? A tailwind this time, but it's going to be a headwind next time. Let's try to keep this fairly simple. But did you, did you see that? Was it all about inventories or was there something more there? It was consumption and inter- inventories. So it, it was half of it was about consumption and the rest of it came from inventories. So inventories and exports. So, so what's GDP? GDP is consumption plus investment plus, in, you know, part of investment is inventory. So let's just separate and keep inventories and government spending. And exports, right? right? Exports right. and inventories are just volatile. It's hard to predict what happens. Like if you ask me, you know, Sono, what do you, what's going to happen with Q1 GDP, Q2 GDP growth? Mm-hmm. Like I think consumption's strong. I think that holds up. That holds up the economy as well. Mm-hmm. But with respect to actual numbers, you know, it's I, well, I was going to use a term I shouldn't use as a family podcast, but it, it, it could go in any direction, right? Inventories and exports. It's hard to predict. So because now I'm excited. I mean, you, you you usually keep a PG. I'm excited to know what you're going to say. <laughs> tell me after we're tell me after we're done here. Um, I yeah. caught myself. <laughs> But do we want to talk go. about the investment piece? Because that's the other thing, right? Yes. Uh, yes. You know, so I'll, like, set, it oh my I'll God, set it up, I'll set it up yeah. for you. I'll set it up for you. So we've had a lot of our advisors and partners reaching out to us saying, listen, look at CapEx. CapEx is this big part of what the future of the economy might be. And it's, you know, I don't know how to put it. Maybe say wishy-washy, right? We've seen some positives, some negatives. You did an amazing report for our partners the other day that really broke down uh, CapEx better than anything I've ever seen. What did, and again, let's we've only got a you know we've got about ten minutes. So let's try to keep this part tight. What did you see when you looked at CapEx, Sonu? So it's two parts of that investment piece in GDP. One is residential investment, and then there's non-residential investment. Residential is we know it's been awful. That's all housing, right? 
keep mm-hmm. set that aside. Hopefully, there's a bottom there. That's another reason why I think it's not going to be a huge drag on GDP in 2023, right? Because so, uh, right. we've seen this in demand pick up. It's on its rates run from like 7% to 6.2. Now, let's talk about the other piece, non-residential investment, which is the CapEx, right, piece yeah. of it. CapEx is important. Why? Because it adds to productivity when businesses spend, right? That's what you want to see. It adds to profits over time, right? That was soft in the fourth quarter. It's not something you want to see. I'm not minimizing this, right? Mm-hmm. And so the three pieces to investment, right? It is the way GDP calculates it. And it's a useful way to think about what may happen in the future, too. We have structures, we have equipment and intellectual property. Structures, think of that, an easy way to think of that is like all these office buildings. Guess what's happened over to office buildings over the last three years? Nobody wants them. Nobody's going to downtown offices, right? So structures have been soft and weak for about three years now, right? Now, What's been strong and really countered that has been intellectual property products, right? Like you think about pharmaceuticals or even your Coca-Cola's of the world, right? Or even, you know, software that's been very strong, right? And that's still being very strong. So structures counted by IP, intellectual property. So which leaves what? Equipment, right? That was strong until we got to Q4. It was really weak in Q4. And that's what took investment spending down and everyone like freaked out. Again, you got to hope, open the hood for these things. We just talked about the CPI basket. You right. got to understand how the government measures this stuff, right? Turns out all the slowdown in equipment spending was because businesses spent less on IT equipment, computers, exactly. communication equipment, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happened after the pandemic? Everyone went remote, right? Uh, like our entire team went remote, all right? Mm-hmm. And they had to buy computers and screens and communication equipment, you know, for this stuff. And goodness, we bought, I bought communication equipment for this podcast back in the third quarter. I was going to say, we are wearing hundred. <laughs> you and I are wearing hundred and forty dollar um, um, ear- earphones, you know. So, um, or yeah, there you um, go. Yeah, we, we, we bought a lot of this good stuff to <laughs> right. hear each other and, perfectly. Yeah. Right, and they're all different ways of communicating with the team, and because everyone's remote, you're in Cincinnati, I'm in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Joey Goodry was with us, you know. Mm-hmm makes this happen basically he's in boston yeah you you don't have to keep spending on this stuff right and now business are pulling back like it's normalizing it that, that's literally what we talked about in our outlook too things are normalizing we are at the edge of normal right right i think that's basically what's happening with the uh, equipment great, spending. great points there i did see a, a chart uh from fact set over the weekend that looked at future 12-month capex based on s p 500 companies Guys, it's actually going to be slightly higher. Not going to be wildly higher, but it's sure not going to be lower, according to this, this fact set data. One final comment on this, just more of a comment that we will move forward. We've had some decent housing data recently. I don't know for how long, so every piece of housing data looks terrible. New home sales, better than expected, up 2.3%, up three months in a row. It's existing homes that have been terrible, let's be clear. But they're still bad, but well, hey, we'll take it. Also, pending home sales were up 2.5% uh, last month versus down 1.9% expected. Small sample size, you know, just one month. But I'll tell you, to see housing finally doing a little bit better, there was a big drag on GDP like you just talked about. Maybe that could be another thing that most people are not anticipating or expecting if the housing market comes back sooner because the consumer strong and yields and mortgages rates come down lower. Maybe just maybe that can be a little better. So we've got, you know, five, six minutes or so. So goes January goes the year. There's a lot of ways to look at this. We are likely by the time you guys listen to this podcast, we will have had a very strong January. Will we been up 5% or not? Don't know. Going to be very close to it. But just simple, here's some simple ways to look at it. So when J- this is the January barometer. All right. Almanac trader uh, created this many, many years ago. I think back in 1972. Um, let's see here. When the month of January is up, the next 11 months are up almost 12% on average, higher 86% of the time. 
When January's down, like it was last year, let's not forget that, January was down last year, up 2.1% the rest of the year, higher only 60% of the time. You're, uh, um, and lastly, when January's up 5%, it might be, might not be by the time you hear this, but it's still when you have a good month, uh, the rest of the year's up 14.2% higher again, 86% of the time. Um, one more, and I'll go to you, Sonu. You mentioned earlier the trifecta. The trifecta, we've talked about Santa Claus rally, last five days of the year and the first two of the next year. That was positive. First five days of the year this year were positive. January, in all likelihood, is, unless we have a really bad afternoon, is going to be positive. When you have that trifecta, the, the full year, now we're doing the full year, has been higher 90% of the time, up 17.5% average for the S&P, and here's the real good one. Um, when you're down the year before, like last I checked, we were for stocks, um, and you hit the trifecta like we're going to, that next year, so that'd be 2023, higher nine out of the nine times of 27% on average, which would take us to new highs, not our base case. But I think my take here, Sonu, is, yeah, this is stuff I wouldn't want to ignore. And I get it. I do this on Twitter. People say sample size this, sample size that. I, I get all that. I just wouldn't want to ignore the message we're seeing. What do you think of all that? No, it's it's funny because, you know, you. I was talking about being optimistic about the economy. You're talking about being optimistic uh, about stocks. Yeah. One thing, what's interesting is you talk about cyclicals doing well, right? And, right. you know, it, it, it almost feels like, and maybe, you know, we've been in this business long enough. It, it's like pessimism sells, right? I mean, mm-hmm. being pessimist. And, and, you know, there's a little cottage industry. You know, you see that on Twitter. It's like, oh, ISM PMI came out. And like, goodness, sell everything, right? People grab onto one indicator. There's no, like, wait, you, you need to have a narrative here. You, you need to have a story, right? And mm-hmm. then if an indicator comes out soft, you, ha- you need to explain why is that indicator, you know, turning down or why will it remain down, right? Like it has to gel with everything else you see. Can't just say, oh yeah, this indicator is down, like boom, that's it, you know. So I, I think there's an aspect to all the pessimism we see. Like I I think if you ask a normal person, anyone listening to the podcast, how many jobs were created last year? I don't think anyone will tell you it was four and a half million, right? Yeah. There you go. Probably not, right? probably not. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I think, you know, coming back to the market itself, it, it's... It feels like early cycle almost when cyclicals are doing well, right? You talk about home builders too, housing coming back. Home builders are doing, I mean, imagine home builders are going down right now, right? Mm -hmm. I think you and I would be a lot more pessimistic. Yeah, it's hard to think home builders extremely weak would be good for the economy. Home builders strong, maybe something else there. Something else from 12 months ago. What was going on 12 months ago? We had a rough start to the year, yes. We also saw low beta names outperforming high beta names. What's that mean? Like your utilities, your staples, parts of healthcare. We're doing really well starting last November, December, January. And that was maybe a sign something was off. We didn't anticipate a 25% bear market. The war happened. Different things happened. But it was a sign. Listen, something's a little different. Let's be cautious here. This 12 months later, where are we? High beta drastically outperforming low beta. Small caps outperforming large caps. Those industrials, those financials, materials. Some of those pro-cyclical areas are starting to take leadership. Again, different than what we saw this time a year ago. So it's never an easy situation. The crystal ball's always cracked a little bit. But when we layer all these things on, after the run we've had, sure, we could have some consolidation, maybe a sell-off on the Fed just because that's what could happen. But the truth is, again, we've been on record saying October was likely the lows of the bear market. We still feel pretty confident in that. And we think stocks can do pretty well, like I talked about earlier, with the um, 
January barometer. So, Sony, we got like two or three minutes. The Fed, the, yeah, the Fed is coming up. What do you think? We didn't really talk about this. Let's finish up with this. What do you anticipate from the Fed this week? And by the time people listen to it, it's going to be out there. So don't get egg on your face. And by the way, not egg. <laughs> Egg's too expensive. We'll put something else on your face. Anyway. Oh, like, what, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Look, they're going to increase interest rates by 0.25%, 25 basis points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that gets you the federal funds rate, right? 450 to 475, there above. I, I think what's yeah. uh, important is like what's going to happen. I, I think that's baked in. Everyone's, you know, I, I, they're not going to surprise mm-hmm. us, right? I, I think, you right. know, what uh, the meetings in another day, or we'll, we'll know by tomorrow. We're recording January 31st. But how long are they going to stay restrictive, right? How, how long are they, you know, I think that maybe in March they increase rates again by 25 basis points, getting to like that at 5% mark, which is right. where I think yep. they are in their heads. I, I, that's a 50-50. Who knows at this point? There are a few more data points to come out. We have one more CPI data, but conditioned mm-hmm. on what we talked about, right? We know CPI could go up, but that's not reflective of anything in the happening in the economy. It's just no. that they're just changing the basket, right? They're just changing so. the rules mid-season. I've seen that before. Anyway. Yeah, so, no, so I, we, we do have a hard, we do have a hard stop. With the Fed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll right, so just say I think it'll be data. They'll say we're dependent on the data. I think that's it. Yep. Well, they've been saying that for a few years now. And, and, and the good news, again, the inflation data continues to come down, likely opening the door for one, maybe two more rate hikes, and they can take a look around. We don't anticipate a cut this year. We can talk about this stuff more next week. We don't see a cut this year. They're probably trying to leave rates where they are, and then we can go from there. So, guys, listen, uh, this was a lot of fun. We've all got a hard stop here in about 30 seconds. So we are honored that you keep listening to this podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, Sona and I enjoy it so much, and we're going to keep doing it as long as you keep listening. So we'll see everybody next week. And if you see Warren Buffett, let us know because we didn't find him last <laughs> week, but I'm sure he's out there. We'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Information provided on Facts versus Feelings with Sona Varghese and Ryan Dietrich are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. The statements and opinions of show guests may not be reflective of CWM LLC or its affiliates. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested indirectly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Facts versus Feelings are not affiliated with CWM LLC.